0: Welcome to Talking Mom to Moms. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule. Busy, just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is episode 14, and we are going to be talking about family devotions for both younger kids and older kids. I'm here with Rochelle. Co-host, and uh, she actually, we have a really neat situation for those who are tuning in for the first time, um, or maybe you didn't hear our earlier episodes where we kind of talked a little bit about our family. But uh, Rochelle actually has my my kids range from one to soon to be nine, and her kids start where mine fall off, isn't that right? Yeah. <laughs> and you uh, yeah. just went off to college last year, so you. We kind of cover the whole, the whole scope, don't we?
1: Yeah, really. I mean, yeah, that's true. From basically, what preschool and to all the way through college, yeah. So we
0: uh, wanted to talk to um, you, our listeners, today about family devotions and how we implement family devotions in our own home. I know for my family, uh, we—I I will admit that we aren't as uh consistent as we desire to be or um should be (laughs) but uh when when we do them we try and do them nightly and we gather the whole family together we actually call it family worship um that's not something that we just made up though that's uh a common thing to call it, but I've heard from some people that they've never heard of that before. So it's just family devotion. But we get together and we do, uh, hymns together and we like old hymns. So we sing and my, uh, husband plays guitar and then we, uh, read from the Bible and sometimes do a little devotional, um, guide and then we pray together and we have, uh, different songs that we do for, uh, scripture memory and we have a catechism that we go through uh and catechism for those who don't know is just like it's a basically a, a question answer thing just about doctrine so a lot of people associate um catechism with really uh stringent liturgy type things but honestly it, it really is just like a question answer format about uh doctrine and so uh just uh it, it makes it simple, and it's easy to memorize, and so the kids enjoy it, and it's helpful. What do you do, Rochelle?
1: Well, we don't sing, although I, I just never, I don't know, I guess, I, well, I'm not a singer, so I guess that's why I didn't think about doing it. So I guess it's, well, I'm not I don't know, I just never,
0: My husband is the singer. I just, I join in quietly. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we don't really do that, but we um, will pick either a subject or a book of the Bible, depending on it's – not, it's not really even something that we do that's like a curriculum that we use. We just use the Bible. So it can be something where we just, you know, oh, we've been studying this in church, and uh, one of our kids might have a question on it. So we decide to do it, you know, get a, a – further the lesson, you know, or maybe something came up, you know, character-wise, and then we decide to talk about that. Or maybe we'll just say, okay, we'll spend the next month in a particular book of the Bible. And a lot of times with uh, the younger kids, well, how we would change everything because they have, like two of my girls, they have difficulty with memorization because of their dyslexia. But they would, in church, they have to memorize scripture. And it was going through the Bible. So we kind of, what we did was like, okay, well, we're just going to keep reinforcing everything. So we kind of switched over for a little while there to make the family devotions reflect the same verses and the same concepts that they were learning to you know, to help reinforce it. We don't always do it that way, but we kind of try to keep things open and flexible. So if a topic were to come up or a concern or a character issue or something going on in the family, that we can always root that from the Bible. And if there's nothing, you know, nothing in particular going on, then we go back to, like, a normal routine of just, you know, picking a book of the Bible out and all reading that and going through it. But we do like to remain a little bit flexible so we can add in other things. And we're all kind of talkers, so we kind of go off on tangents. And I think that's kind of – I really enjoy that. Other Because for homeschooling, we do have a structured Bible um, study that we do. And then in church, they do have something that's structured that they do as well. So we kind of prefer the family time to be a little less structured and more based on questions they have, concerns, things going on, so we can make it a little more, you know, spontaneous, so they learn how to apply the Bible to, you know, everything that's going on in their life. So it's not real, so we don't, we're not real rigid. How do you,
0: um, how do you find, your son is 16, right? 17, 17 I'm sorry. Does he um does he get right in there too and talk? Do you ever find that he's not as uh, amiable
1: <laughs> to joining in? After him no. He's he's very much a talker when it comes to those things. Uh he his pastimes are history and apologetics, so <laughs> and he loves it. So it he likes to talk. He li- he likes to have his time to speak and give his opinion and give what he has read or what he believes things mean. And he likes to add in the historical value and the apologetics to it. He he kind of enjoys doing that. I, I would think with a kid like that, the big challenge would be more that he's not, try, he's not trying to just take the floor to prove himself right, you know, like, and he's being led by the word, not led by, well, I'm just trying to prove this or I'm just trying to prove that, you know, that it is grounded what he's trying to say, but I do find that it it depends on what you're talking about with as they get older, I have found that the kids really enjoy See, them when they were when they're younger, we did a lot more, we didn't do it as free as we do it now, it was a little more structured, speaking up about particular things and things from, you know, doctrine or Bible stories, but as they got older, they have so many questions about things that are going on in the world around them, and they have and how to apply that to the Bible how to apply those things. So I get a lot of conversation from them when we kind of add in what's going on in the world to the Bible. So a lot of times we'll start out with if there was something in the news, we might talk about that news story for a little bit and then apply that to, okay, well, how can we see this, you know, through the the proper, you know, through through the Bible? How is this playing out? Or how how would we respond to that? What is the biblical response? And it's more like t- more of a training at that point as they get older of how to respond to those things that are going around on around you and to stay strong in those areas as opposed to training them when they're younger where you're building that foundation. Now we're trying to get them to talk to us. We don't want to talk to them as much. We're trying to get them to talk to us and tell us, you know, what's God telling you about this? What did you get out of this? You know, what do you think God means? You know, how would God want you to respond? and then we're, then we can really see where they are and guide them better that way because if they're kind well, of course
0: yeah i can see how you would use that time as well to be talking to them about social issues that are going on and bringing the christians into that um, so to try and shape their world view
1: right it almost becomes more of a family apologetics biblical conversation than a devotion in a lot of ways okay us it's just the kind of people that we are that it does become that way and it could also be because we do study the bible like i said through home, through homeschool so we do it separately we don't a lot of people will add in like what they're doing homeschool wise they might say well what we do family wise that covers our bible and you know that's what you want to do i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but because we do both um i think that that's why ours is a little unique and also as they get older sometimes you're thinking, well, how am I going to get them to, you know, communicate how am I going to get them to respond? One of the best ways to get a young person to respond, a teenager is by relating it to something that's going on around them, something that's popular, something that they're, they're exposed to, you know, that they know something about or they're hearing about, you know, how, you know, when, when that um, Netflix show 13 reasons why that was huge all over the internet, people talking about that. And I, I certainly don't want to get into that, that show in particular talking about the, all of that, but um even if that was what you used, if your kids were talking about it, most parents that I know their kids weren't allowed to see it, but they're going to hear about it from their friends or whatever. There's a lot in there that you can talk to them, relate. Okay, well, what does the Bible have to say? And a lot of times the teenagers, that's one of the better ways to get them to start speaking and showing them God's word is by using things because they're, they're grasping, well, how do I make this apply today? What does this have to do with me today? So I think that at the year's, have made it become more of a family conversation, more of an apologetics thing because, like I said, we do something in school. The school portion is a little different. It's a little more structured. So it's more probably a little more devotion type. And then the way that our church does it with their Sunday school, they do a great job of having these kids reading every day and giving them a plan where they're reading and they're writing their thoughts. So because it was all reinforced there, we just kind of enjoy the time where we're speaking about something in particular. We don't always do that. There might not be anything really going on. So then we get out the Bible and talk about a verse. But we oftentimes we like the teenagers to lead it by saying, what what have you seen God doing for you? Or what have you seen God doing in the world? What concerns you? You know, what what questions do you have from church or from your reading this week? And uh, I definitely see of-
0: how it would evolve into that as the kids get older, for sure. Um, we are at the younger age where we're using – the time now to help instill—we're we're still in the you know phase of teaching them to sit still. So the majority <laughs> of our the majority of our family worship family devotional time is trying to you know ra- wrangle them <laughs> in so they can sit still while we we get through these thirty minutes. And so I, you know, though we talk so much about Charlotte Mason and how she really presses on those younger years being, uh, that character development and the habits, uh, you know, and discipline and those types of things. And really, there's nothing wrong with that, that we do spend that time. And we, I, I even have a, uh, a post on our Talk to Mom blog about how to teach children to sit still. And I will say that our family worship time has been the single most helpful uh, thing in us teaching our children to be a church. We actually don't use our children's church. Um, we keep all the kids with us. And um, we have people ask us all the time how on earth do we manage to get our kids to sit still. And it, it's actually a lot of it is practicing at home as well as church. Because you can't just go to church and expect your kids all of a sudden to magically sit still when they're little. And you know, it doesn't mean our kids are perfectly still during church either. But it, it, there is a lot of practice at home that makes it happen there as well. And you were, where our oldest daughter, you know, is getting to that age where you're talking about your kids are at, where she's much more talkative. We actually have her take notes during church of words she doesn't understand or concepts, and then we talk about those afterwards in the car, or she'll bring them to you. Know, We do our family devotions on top of our, what we do for school as well. Um, And so you're right, that is helpful, uh, because we do something. I would actually say what we do for school is probably more devotion like than what we do for our family worship. Is that strange? We, uh, I I guess the one that we do for school, I feel like, has a more devotionally feel than the one we do for, for our family devotion. Yeah, that's how I feel evening. too. A lot of times,
1: but uh, yeah, because we we do
0: more of the singing and then the when we do the catechisms, it's much more structured. So for us, our family worship, family devotional time together, actually more structured than our school time. Might
1: be strange for others. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so how did you manage to get little ones to? Because you have, they're all eight and younger, so right? Well, in, yeah, how old is, is about family devotions? Like, how do you have a designated time that you start and stop? Well, you that has if, changed
0: over time. My husband used to be like right before bed, and I had to ask him to stop that because it was just so. But I, I felt like it was horribly stressful to do it right before bed, because the kids at that point, they're over the day. I'm over the day. Maybe I should put it that way. I'm more over the day than they're over the day by that time. (laughs) And so my patience is thin. And I just felt like this very, it's supposed to be this worshipful, blessed time, and I was walking into it dreading it. And the whole time, just ready for it to be over. And I told my husband, I said, that's not the way that I want to do family devotions, but it's not. I just want my heart to be in that place. And I said, just as, you know, I'm not saying that I can't work on my attitude on the one hand, but also we want to try and, you know, if we could change the time of it, that would also be helpful for everyone. Um, and so I asked him to just start doing it at dinner <laughs> And so a lot of times we'll do it when we're sitting around the table because the kids are already sitting. Mm -hmm. We've already got them in place um, to sit, and, you know, it's a more quiet time anyway, and they're used to that. And so it helps. um, It just helps facilitate the whole thing to do it around the table. And we mentioned on a previous episode how, and you, you named what we do, pancakes and praise, but it is our tradition that even if we, like I said, we don't, do, we're not as consistent as we would like to be for our family worship in the evenings, But no matter, even if we don't do that during the week as we would like to or as we ought to, we always do our, as you named it, pancakes and praise on Saturday mornings where we all get together and husband makes pancakes um, every Saturday morning and we do our family worship around the table on Saturday morning. And it is something I look forward to every single week. Um, and so, I guess I could I can say that that even if you're not doing every single day doing your devotions with your kids as you like to or ought to, you can take baby steps there. There's no I mean start with once a week and you know work your way up like that. There's different seasons in our lives where these things are much harder, and I don't think that we need to guilt trip ourselves over it. I think right. that it's proper to just take it one step at a time. If you if you're not if you if your goal is that you want to be doing it every night. But every time you try and do it every night, you end up feeling guilt over it because you never are able to do it. Well, then start with once a week and, you know, get a tradition and get that down first before you try and go to the seven days a week thing. So I don't think that I don't think we right. need to guilt ourselves over this. It's part of the no. learning process for
1: everybody. Right. I, I agree with that. And I think that most of us, if we're living our lives. Well, I mean, if we're walking in the spirit then if we don't do family devotions in this little finite amount of time with this, this expectation that we have in our heads, it's not as if we haven't spent our day glorifying God or teaching our children about God. Exactly.
0: No, you're, it doesn't have to look like a sit down family devotions for you to be teaching your children about God. Um, We should be doing that as we walk along the way, right? So that should be a throughout the day thing. This is something, yeah, that would be, it's something that's good to do, but we should be doing
1: that anyway throughout the day. You're right. Right. So, I mean, if you miss it that night or you you know, because, I mean, for younger children, it can be very challenging uh, because they have to get to bed and they can be easily distracted. And And when you have older kids, they have things to do. I mean, I have a daughter. She has softball twice a week, karate once a week. And then I've got another daughter that has, um, she's going to start gymnastics and then she had ballet once a week. I have one that works and then I have another one that works out just about every single night. So we as they get older, they all tend to have their own schedules. They all tend, I mean, when they're younger, it's hard to get them all, to, all rounded up so they can sit. And when they're older, it's hard to get them all rounded up because they're starting to um, spread their wings and starting to have their own time and their own things that they're doing. So it becomes increasingly difficult to say, I'm going to do this every single night. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So I think that as they get older and I think that just so for yourself, we think of, okay, this is going to be such a good family. They do devotions every night. They do this every night. And we're envisioning these kids sitting around and Nobody, like, crying, everybody listening and getting an hour's worth of reading and learning, and I don't think that's realistic for most people, and I don't think that if it's unrealistic for you, that makes you, like, you're running your home poorly or that you need to feel bad about that or that you even need to change that because what you can do, not when they're younger, is a little different, but as they got older, we're not, we don't do it every single night. We don't have the ability to. So what we do is, I mean, as far as, you know, those conversation things that we do, it's not every single night. My husband sometimes doesn't get home from work until some of the kids are ready to go to bed. And that makes things a little bit challenging. There are times that my husband used to work a second shift. And there were times that when he worked second shift, he'd double. So that means that he would sometimes leave the house before they woke up and get back once they were in bed. And there's there have been times that he did that like three days in a row. And this is when they were younger. So there would be like three days. It was like Dad was on vacation, basically. They didn't see him. So, And some people live like that. Some people have that situation where somebody's working a lot, and you don't have that kind of time. And, And it's not that you don't have time for God. So if you're not doing it, don't think, oh, I'm not giving God his time. Well, we're talking about we do give God his time because we do our own personal devotions. We teach our children to do their personal devotions, and then you check in with them. So with older kids, I often do is I'll say, have you been reading? What did you read about? Tell me a little bit about it. While it's just a few minutes we're in the car together on the way to practice, while it's just when they happen to come in at night, while it's just whatever, just a few little minutes here and there to touch base, and then maybe a few times a week we can all sit down finally and discuss a lot of things together. And I I don't see a problem with that. I've not seen my kids suffer because of that. I've seen them thrive. I've seen them want to serve God. I've seen them, you know, grow. So I don't think the cookie-cutter idea of where you think you have to do something in a particular way at a particular set time every single night, I think for most people it's not going to be realistic, and I don't think it's something you need to feel guilty about. Now, and it's never something you feel guilty about, but if you're choosing to live for Christ, then you just do it, and you have to teach your kids to do that also. So I I do want to to say
0: I think there's some creative ways to insert it, though, in um, in your life, whether it be in the car. You know, we, we have a long drive, commute to town, 45 minutes, so that makes for good talking time. <laughs> or, right, um, that's what we do, right. Yeah, then, yeah, like yeah, I said, we do it, like it around the, the kitchen table because you're already using, around the right. table talking. So it, there are, if you can't cut out a time at night, then find time where time is available and it right. might not be every day but if you have most people have like at least a couple of days a week that they sit down at the table to eat together um and you can kind of if if it's a priority for you to to have a family devotional in a week then find the time that works for that and make it happen uh we if you're if you're not quite sure how to um do the family devotion style. Some people add music. Some people don't feel comfortable, you know, singing. Um So you can listen to music, I guess, if you want to have music in there but don't like to sing. Um, I know that we are going right now for, like, our commute, we actually have an Acts of the Apostles uh, audio book CD, and they go through all the stories um, in the Book of Acts. And then my husband actually listens. There's a free uh, ESV version of the Bible app. It's just, I think it's just the ESV app, and they actually have uh, daily downloads that take you through, and it just reads scripture. That's it. And so you, that way, you know, if you're commuting, and you can just listen to scripture being read to you and meditate on that. And I think that those are really neat ways to add those. Add scripture, add music, add all these different things into your life so that you can meditate on it with your family and talk about it um, in a way that you can fit it into your schedule better, right?
1: <laughs> just creative
0: ways. Right. To insert
1: it. <laughs> yeah, you just, you know, you kind of, at breakfast, you can talk to your kids about it at, I mean, often, I mean, I'm driving my kids to practice or whatever and that's when we talk about it or you know it's that kind of thing or on the way home from church i mean it's there's always a way i think that it's important that you're all that it's a very natural thing to always be focusing on the lord and it should be very natural it should be something that you're just doing because it, that's what your life is you're walking in the spirit that's what you're doing you're you're talking about, you're relating those things that they're saying to to God. You're relating these things, like if they're, they're talking about whatever it is they're talking about, something that happened at practice, you know, or there's drama or there's anything. It's an opportunity to do, like devotions aren't, they don't have to be 40 minutes long. They could be 10 minutes. Right. It could be right, something exactly where, yes. yep, you, yeah, where you're going over something with your, your, with your child. It could be right before they go to bed. And now as they get older, they can stay up a little later sometimes without, you know, being fussy or without, you know, really having any repercussions the next day. So if it's a little bit later, you know, spend another 15 minutes, 20 minutes talking to them a little bit later. Spend some some of that time. If you plan a family game night, you know, have devotions right before it. You know, if it's, you know, there's a lot, when you're going out to dinner, do it at dinner time. You know, there's a lot, there are creative ways that you can insert it into your day if you're having difficulty with scheduling. Because we don't schedule God. God's there all the time. We're supposed to be praying without ceasing. We don't need to schedule it. We just need to talk about it. We need to make it a continual conversation that's always going on. And it is, but it is important that we do set aside uh, sometimes to go over particular things. You know, it, it, that is important. So, but we're just trying to say that if you can't do it every night or you can't try, you know, make sure that you are showing your kids that God relates into Your whole day, not just these 40 minutes of devotion. Oh, we didn't, because think about it. If you miss your devotions at night for whatever reason, somebody was sick, the baby started crying, somebody ended up getting called away, your husband didn't come home, so he can't be there. Did you really spend the entire day without doing anything that glorified God without, did you spend the entire day not praying, not talking about God in some way, shape or form? Because if you are, then there's the problem. (laughs) If you're not, then it doesn't substitute the, um, the, the devotion time, but if you're not, the, the idea that you're just, you can't just put God in a box. It's not just, okay, this is the only time we talk about it. This is the only time that we're meeting with it. This is it. If we don't do it tonight, then that means we didn't glorify God at all today. That's the kind of guilt and the pressure that you're going to have, so you need to work it around your family, and if it's 10 minutes instead of 30 minutes, instead of 40 minutes, then that's fine. It can be 10 minutes. But it is important to make it a priority and not just let your schedule with the best of you. We're just saying that when things do arise, when things do happen, to ha- you know, things happen. My-, my daughter will have softball practice until 8 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So we're going to have to adjust timing to where kids are going to go to bed a little bit later on those nights, possibly, for us to, you know, even if we want to talk 15, 20 minutes, to show the priority is there. But if something happens, you know, a game night or something happens and we didn't, then sk- then do something earlier that day. Try to do it earlier. It doesn't have to be at a particular time or you failed. It could be, okay, well, we won't have time to do it after practice tonight. Let's, um, do it before. Let's find a time that we can do it before this or before, you know, work it in some other way. But it's, uh, but I think starting out maybe once or twice a week is, is a good idea too. Yeah. Someone might be listening to this and
0: even wondering how um, to begin. <laughs> and I guess yeah, I just, beginning if, is if good. you are out there and don't know um, if you feel uncomfortable uh, praying in front of your kids or reading the Bible or just don't know where to begin, I I would just suggest start reading a few verses in the Bible. Go through a story. Um, you know, find a Favorite story, or just start reading, you know, in from Matthew or Genesis, and just read through the scripture, or just read a few verses, and talk about it a little bit about what it said, just to help with um, retention of it, and pray with your kids, um, and that become, and if you if you um, want to sing, but you know, feel nervous. I guess the the one thing I want to encourage is that because I know when I first started when our kids were very young I actually did for some strange reason felt odd awkward praying in front of them and in front of my spouse and singing in front of them and in front of my spouse and it just took practice to get used to that. Uh I don't know if you've ever dealt with that Rochelle but that was something I struggled through when we were first married. It just felt No, I did too. Reason. Yeah, I did so, too. So I, I guess awesome I just want to encourage to someone new that's listening uh if you if you've never done this before, if it feels awkward just if you just commit to doing it, it does get more comfortable as you do it and you know, we just came off with mother's Day, and every mother's Day, I think about why I love my mother and why um she what she has meant to me in my life, and the one thing that I always think of when I think impression and visually is on my life, and she still does this, She every morning I woke up and she would be sitting at the kitchen table pouring over her Bible with a cup of coffee right next to her, and I just have that vision of her. And it was every single morning without fail at 6 o'clock in the morning, she would be up and she would be reading her Bible, and that was her quiet time. And that is a very poignant picture of faith for a child to grow up with and see. And I guess the reason I mentioned that is what legacy do we want to leave our children? And it's like you said, it's not that you have to have this really structured uh, devotional time with your kids that looks the same every day or anything like that. What you want to leave them though, is, a, if you're a Christian is a legacy of faith and, you know, uh, we want to leave them Christ. And so it is important that if you are a Christ follower that you are following Christ day in and day out. And so whether that looks like a structured devotion time or whether it's just talking to your kids along the way about Jesus, it is important to bring him into the conversation, like you were saying, Rochelle, with your kids. And we are training our kids to see life through a Christian worldview, through a biblical worldview. And so we want to paint the world with scripture, and when I say that, you know, social issues that are going on, the kids will learn about that as they get older. We want to help them understand how to view the world from a biblical worldview. And so we, we give them scripture, and we share with them what the Bible says about these things, and that's that's what we're doing. We're helping to shape their worldviews so that when they are older, they know how to approach the world and live in it. Um, as Christians as well. So uh, I guess I would just encourage you that that devotional time, uh, your personal walk with Christ and teaching your children to walk with Christ day in and day out should be a priority. How that looks is going to be different per family, and that is completely okay. But, uh, it should be a priority because of the legacy that we want to leave as Christian moms. Am
1: I right? Yeah. And if you're someone that who is newly saved, a lot of families are raising children and they're newly saved themselves. You know, they're, they're like, Oh, you know, they just got saved and they've already got the, they've already got kids. I mean, I was already saved before I had children. So. But I wasn't really churched until after my daughter was a little bit older. But the, I do understand that it's kind of like we talk about how to begin and how to start as if everybody has the same starting point, that they've all been Christians forever, where they all know exactly what they're talking about in some sense, or they all know what resources to gather, or they could just pick the Bible, pick a, you know, look through the Bible. And that's a little inter- intimidating when you hear someone say, well, we just, you know, we pick up our Bible, we open it up, and we find you know a book or a verse and then we just go from there that can be intimidating for someone who is either new to doing devotions at all and or someone who is a family whose the parents are newly saved and they're trying to show their children how to walk with the Lord when they're trying to learn themselves so that can be very intimidating and that doesn't mean devotions aren't for you don't think you're not ready to do them Because it's okay to learn together with your kids. It's okay. It's okay that they know that you don't know everything. It's okay that they, that they see you relying on Christ and they see you relying on the Holy Spirit to teach you the scripture and not, you know, not the idea of, well, I'm not going to look at this at all. I'm not, I'm not equipped to do devotions with my children yet because I haven't learned enough myself. That's absolutely not true. You're perfectly able to do that. There's plenty of resources out there if you want a resource that will guide you, if that's something you're interested in. And there's a lot of different kinds of resources, and that can get overwhelming. So you may want to ask, you know, your pastor, someone that you trust, what, you know, something that they would suggest for you. And if you have smaller kids, it's a lot easier to get them to just do whatever you tell them you know, like, okay, we're going to do family devotions and maybe you've never done them before. Well, they're like, okay, that's cool, we'll do them. You know, they might not be ready, you know, willing to sit, but they're willing to put the time in because what else are they going to do? But when you've got older kids, they do have other things to do. They do have their own ideas on things, and they may think that this is just, well, mom and dad's newfound religion and I don't want anything to do with it. And I've seen that. I've seen where you have older kids, you know, 10 years and older, that they're not as interested, or they feel weird themselves. They've never seen mom and dad pray, and this is the first time they're doing it. It's going to be rough, and it's going to be rocky, but don't let that discourage you and don't let that stop you. And one of the easiest ways, if you have kids that are 10 years old and up, that you can do it the same way that I do it, where we just decide to talk about things going on, and then we relate it to the Bible. And you might say, well, I don't know how to do that. It's okay. You don't have to know how necessarily to do it. What you have to do is get your kids talking because once you break that barrier, breaking the ice, that you're sitting down as a family. Because a lot of families, even Christian families, don't always sit down together. And they don't always sit down and do these things together. So even for them it's awkward. And so if you're getting your kids to sit down and you're talking together, even if it's drawing them in by saying you read something in the paper, this is what's going on in the world, this is an issue. This is a hot topic. They're more apt to talk about it because they may feel like they know something about that. And then discover what the Bible has to say about it together. Prepare a little bit beforehand so you know what you're saying or you know first place where to go. And discuss it together just to get them talking. Don't, you don't need to make it real formal yet. What you want to do is establish the fact that as a family you're going to sit and be open and you're going to talk. Because if you're going to sit and you're going to preach to them, and there's, I'm talking about children who are not used to this at all, they may not listen very well, and they may not receive it. So you want to, what you want to do, whether you've never done this before or you're completely new to it, like you're newly saved, is establish a time where the family actually gets together and speaks, and they're open with one another, and they are become comfortable speaking about spiritual things with one another. And then once you get that going, you're going to see what they're interested in learning about. Some of them are going to be interested in learning more about the Old Testament and some of the history. Some of them are going to be interested in learning, well, what does God have to say about dating? What does God have to say about um, how do I handle my friend? What does God just have to say in general? What does he have to say about, you know, all these other issues that we talk about or just going through the Bible and talking about things, other things like baptism or whatever, you know, all these other things that you could be speaking about. But establish a time where It's not awkward because it may be awkward at first for you to sit down with children who are not used to this, to sit down and talk openly. It's going to be weird for them. And it's not their fault that it's weird for them. And it's not your fault. You got to start somewhere. And if you're starting, don't think that you have a, yeah, don't think that just because your kid's older, you can't start. You can't start with them. Just get them talking, get them talking, put the Bible in front of you. Just say, you know what? This is what I read in the Bible. This is what, this is how it affected me. You know, this is why I got saved. If you're newly saved and your children are not yet and they're older, let them know why, you know, give them your testimony. Get comfortable speaking to them so they can get comfortable speaking to you and speak to them like they're people, not like you're preaching to them. Because that will turn their, off. Yeah, no, we don't want to browbeat them into the submission. <laughs> right. And, and just do that at, you know, at first. Now, of course, if you are a family that does devotions all the time, and your children are used to this and you have a child that is going to be a little more demonstrative in being rebellious, there's a completely different way to handle that. But if you've got a child who knows absolutely nothing and this is new to you, you've got to open the door first to communication before you can lay down the hammer. <laughs> you, uh, no, you I don't can't agree with you more. That's that's right. So if we you're are... out there and you're thinking, I am overwhelmed, you don't need to be. You don't need to be overwhelmed. No, that's... uh that's
0: true. Give yourself some grace and give your children some grace too, as you both uh, come to know Jesus together, right?
1: Right, right, exactly.
0: Well, because you're doing uh, it as a family. Our, yes, that is our time. Uh, we really appreciate you joining us today to talk about baby devotions, and we would like to hear from you uh, if you want to email us at info at dot com. We would love to hear um, how you do your family devotions, what resources you use, and if you have any uh, special ideas for dealing with older children or younger children uh, from your perspective on how to get them uh, involved in family devotions. Uh, and if you have conversation topics that you found have really been helpful with your kids. We would love to hear them. So that's info at talking mom to mom, the number two to mom dot com. And you can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com uh, forward slash talking mom to mom. And uh if you have any other questions besides uh besides those, we would love to hear from you as well as we will be doing some question answer episodes here in the near future from our listeners. So please send us your questions and we can we can talk about them we would enjoy doing that thank you again for joining us today and we hope you have a great week thank you for listening to talking mom to mom with Lindsay and rochelle talking mom to mom is a production of the ultimate homeschool radio network